about three weeks ago, I preached a sermon on this on this uh, on this guy who's a nobody called Enoch out, out of Genesis five, and and um, today's the second half of that. Now, Enoch seems to me to be one of these guys who you used to study in um, in high school. I don't know if I was the only person who ever did this, but you know how you got the assessment in like about grade ten for, for English, and you got the you had to read this whole book. You had to read this, you know, like To Kill a Mockingbird or one of those ones. And I don't know about anyone else. I, I just read the first bit and then a bit at the end and sort of just made up the rest. And you know, the, 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 the exam came along and you're sort of just sort of, I suppose, filling in the gaps a little bit, you know. I, Enoch's a little bit like that. We, we know what happened at the start. We know that he walked with God. We know what happened at the end. We know, we know that God just took him. I wish that God would sort of sometimes fill in the gaps about what happened in the 300 years in the middle. Because I want to know what it is to walk with God in the day-to-day stuff. That's, that's, that's what really today um, is about. Maybe I was the only one who ever did that stuff with exams, but that's a whole other story. Um, I, think there's, but I think there's a couple of little hints in, in this passage about what it is to walk with God day by day and what the rewards are. Okay, The rewards are. Um, I just want to read two verses in Hebrews 11. Uh, starting from verse 5. Just, uh, I just want to read them slow. Okay. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. And before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Check out this last verse. Take it in. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Um, it was by faith. Now, now, wait a second. When we talk about faith, what, what are we talking about? And it's important I hit on this now because we're actually going to do a Heroes of the Faith section in a, in a couple of weeks' time. So let's give this a little introduction. See, if one, if one of your friends comes to you and says, why are you a Christian? What, why, why are you the way you are? And you say, well, you know, I suppose I, I, talked about, I heard about Jesus one day and I guess I just have faith. I think you've lost them, right? Because it sounds like you've started about here... And you've taken this blind leap of faith to about, this is going to mess up the recording, um, here. And even though you've seemed to have landed all right, they can't understand how you got from there to there. Okay? And if you just say, well, faith was what got me here, people are going to be like, I don't, I don't understand. Now I can have this thing back. This is good. Um, see, if. The word, the word in the Bible that's used to describe faith is not just a blind leap, okay? The, the Greek word, if I just go into the Bible, Bible a little bit, the, the Greek word used in the Bible here is actually interchangeable and it can be translated into two of our modern words. One is faith, the other one is trust. So faith is a strong reliance on something, Trust is a reliance based on the character of someone. Okay? So we've, we've probably all heard that story of the guy, uh, I think his name was Blondin. He, he, he just put up the, the tightrope between across Niagara Falls. 
He got on one side, the top one on the other side, and he got a big crowd. He walked across. And he flops to the middle and he's like, do you believe I can do this? And everyone's like, yes, we believe, you're amazing. Um, and, he, and he finishes, he gets to the other side, gets a wheelbarrow, comes back and he said, do you believe, yes, we can, you're amazing. You know? He gets to the other side and he, and he says something along the lines of, cool, who's coming for a ride? Okay? It's the, it's the, there's, a, there's a difference between faith, which is knowing that he can do it, and belief, sorry, um, I suppose trust, which is the practical belief that he will. And there's, you know, we, we had an election to, a couple, week, couple weekends ago. You know, there's a difference between faith, which is um, somebody on the campaign trail making a promise that gets them elected, and trust, which is believing that that person, whoever it is, gets into power and will make that promise come true in your life. Okay, it's that, it's that sort of thing. So when, when faith appears in the Bible, don't just hear it as blind faith. Hear it as solid, rock-solid trust based on the character and the promises of God that we see fulfilled in Jesus. It's, um, it's actually got a lot of meat to it, that word faith. Um, here's what J. Warner Wallace said in his... This is a really good book, Cold Case Christianity. He's a detective, that's why I like him. But um, he, he, um, he said this... The gospel eyewitnesses had something very specific to say about who Jesus is. They didn't give their lives for their opinions about God. They gave their life because their claims were an objective matter of life and death. They claimed that as fallen humans, we are in sin and in desperate need of a saviour and Jesus is that saviour. There's... there's this, this faith we talk about is actually not a blind leap. It's based on evidence. And if you've never actually examined the evidence and thought about it, then faith for you is going to be a bit shallow. Okay? That's something, all we, by the way, all of us need, need to do. Um, it's actually a faith that promises rewards based on how we live it and how serious we are about it. First reward in Enoch's life is a test. I don't know why I keep talking about testimonies, but I, but I do. Here's the first thing it says. The King James Version says this, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, surely if we are people of God and we want anything uh, at all, it would be to know that we are pleasing God, that, what we're, that we're doing what he has put us here to do and we're ticking all the boxes. And Enoch does this. He pleases God by walking with him. It's not flashy. It's, faith, it's faithful. It's not involvement. It's commitment. It's not about um, being happy that you've got a God on demand. It means that you can just walk with him day in, day out. And it's the most fulfilling thing you can do. Okay, And as... And as as Enoch walks with God and pleases him, the result is that his, 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 he has a story to tell about the way this God has been involved in his life. That's what, that's what a testimony is about. Enoch is not saying, saying to people, you can have faith. There is a God and you can have faith. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, my life is a testimony to the fact that this God is real. That's what he's talking about. I want one of those. Um, 
can, you know, p- people can dispute your opinions. They can dispute your ideas about you know, faith and, and fact and all that sort of stuff. They can't dispute your testimony. Because it's what God's done in your life. So um, if you're sitting around with your workmate and you're sitting over there over, over morning tea and someone asks you something about faith, don't tell them about the concept of faith. Tell them about a God who walked into your life and changed it and it's never been the same again. Yeah? Tell them, tell them about a testimony that makes sense. When, they, when, when you needed a miracle and God stepped in and did it. When you had a material need or a need of some sort and God stepped in and resolved it. Tell, tell them about a situation where there was no other explanation that God jumped in and fulfilled whatever that need was. Now, um, you might be questioning, you know what, Steve, I'm not sure I've got a testimony. And right now I have to tell you that's, that, that's okay. Okay? That's okay. Um, now, last time I was here, I, I handed out Tim Tams, and thank you, Dorothy Lewin, because there's always Tim Tams here. I can't, I can't this time hand out um, Pantene shampoo bottles. That's, to, that's today's ad. Um, well, I, I should have thought about this, shouldn't I? Um, Remember that ad that said it won't happen overnight, but it will happen? I'm not talking about my hair either. Uh, a testimony does not happen overnight, okay? A testimony comes with the day in, day out, walking with God, praying with God, relying on God, growing in God as you sincerely seek Him in your life. I wished for years. That I had this test. I wish that I had this great story to tell about all the things that you know, all the all the glorious things that God could have done. And what I've realised is that God is just happy to walk with us, and that's our testimony. On occasion, He breaks through and does something amazing, but for the vast majority of stuff, it's just relying on Him day in and day out, and that's our testimony. And that will grow over time. That it won't happen overnight. It will happen. But look at the difference that it makes, especially on your family. I want to talk this morning essentially about family, but this is, I suppose, this concept is essentially the same for, for every other area I think of your life. Um, this is a bit of a tangent. The second reward is, um, is influence. Now, Genesis 5 makes a point of saying that Enoch is a parent so there's obviously, I think, there's a, it's a fair, a fair bet to say that there must be a Mrs. Enoch around somewhere. And there's obviously, son, there's obviously sons and daughters. We don't know a great deal about them. And I sat there for a while wondering, why is it that God would say that this guy has children? And why would, why would it be that he talks about walking with God? And I, and I think what I've come to is that walking with God is not never done at the expense of your family. It's never done at the... like Enoch is not so practically useless that he's always off on spiritual retreats talking to God. He's always off on prayer retreats. He's always doing stuff. He just lives in a monastery maybe and just turns up once in a, once in a blue moon. That's not what we're walking with God, God is. I think this guy had the balance right. I think that he had... I think he had it right. And even though he's working... And even though he's paying bills for his family, and even though he, um, he's loving his family and keeping food on the table, 
I think the key thing is that God is always the first priority on his mind. I think that's profound. I, I, I just... And I, and, I, and I think, his, I think you, can, you can make a really good argument that his testimony influences his family over the generations far more than you can ever understand. Bear, bear in mind here, the people of this time don't have a Bible to refer to. They don't have, they don't have an Old Testament law. They haven't got a Ten Commandments. They've got, they've got nothing. All they've got is the stories and testimonies of the people who have gone before them who have walked with God. And I don't think it's any mistake... Any coincidence at all that a couple of generations later, Enoch's great grandson comes up with this. Let's look at Genesis nine. Sorry, Genesis six. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person who lived on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. He's got no other influence, and even though Enoch is well and truly dead by this point. There are two people in the Bible where this phrase is used. Enoch and his great-grandson. They're the two people that walk with God. And I don't... See, even though Noah would have no doubt had his own journey to run through, he would have had his own struggles and his own challenges and his own stuff to, to deal with, I think part of, his, part of his life has to be the testimony of Enoch. And I don't think it's any coincidence that thousands of, you know, that hundreds of years later, when God comes to Noah and says, I'm going to judge the world and I'm going to flood the world and I need you to build an ark, that in the face of ridicule and in the face of a bunch of people who thought he was nuts, Noah's like, I'm building a boat. I think that influence is far more profound than we can, than we can put a put a thing on. Parents, can I talk to you for a minute? I've had a real burden on this for a couple of weeks and um, I have this the wrong way. Um, there, there is almost in our world today this, this, um, this, I suppose, expectation that we as parents will provide everything for our kids, right? We, we will provide for their every foreseeable need that will ever, ever come up, and that's just what we've got to do. And there's nothing wrong with being good parents, because that's great parents, because that's what God calls us to be. There's nothing wrong with having life insurance for your family to, to make sure that they're, you know, they're taken care of. There's nothing wrong with um, you know, the, all, the other, all the other things. There's nothing, nothing wrong with, with working a bit more so you can be more comfortable, and there's a bit more money in the family, and maybe that never was, was something that I, that I, I didn't grow up with that. And I understand what my, what my dad did about working extra. Um, there's nothing wrong with going the extra mile for your family. There's nothing wrong with even making sure that your kids have access to things that maybe you never did. Okay? There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But can I just tell you this? And God really smacked me between the eyes with this one. You know what your kids need most of all? They need mums and dads and grandparents and great-grandparents who walk with God. That's what they need most. They need grandparents and parents and all that sort of stuff who live like God is their first priority. They need they don't walk with God at the expense of their family. They show 
their family what their God is like. That's what they need. Don't, 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 be, don't be parents. I'm not, not having a go at anyone. Don't be parents who are content telling kids about God. Okay? Don't tell them about him. Don't bring him to Sunday school and say, you tell our kids about God. Show them what he's like. Walk with him and show them what this God does. Exhibit it in your life. I just, God really got me with that. And I haven't, I haven't mentioned prayer. And, I, and this is not a sermon for prayer, but you know what? As you walk with God, what do you do? If you're friends and you're on the beach together, you talk about the things that are on your heart. So as you walk with God, you're naturally going to talk to him about the things that are closest to here. Don't ever stop talking to God about your kids. Um, if you're finding parenting being a bit of a struggle and a bit of a challenge, it's, it's okay. Can I, can I just say that you know, parenting is a... Um, two things. Rather than try harder... Or walk out of here today going, I'm going to do better. I'm going to you know, try harder and, and be a better parent or whatever else. Walk with God first and let him help you. Because parenting is a bit of a thankless job. And it's, but you know what? It's a God-given job. And every, like every God-given job that we see um, in the Bible, if God gives it a role, he gives in abundance to those who sincerely seek him. Okay? So if, you, if parenting's a struggle, go to God about it. Let him talk to you about what to do and how you do it. Um, second thing I'd say is connect with another Christian family. Um, you know, kids, kids the same age. Have a, have a meal with some people. Um, you know, just, just bring the chaos together. What can go wrong? Get, get, get a... Get a, get a um, Somebody else who's been a parent maybe five or ten years ahead of you who's, who, who's parenting you love and watch them. Buy them a coffee and say, what did you get right? What did you do that you, that you succeeded with? What did you do that you completely messed up? What did you do? What, what problems did you come up with that we're going to have to deal with maybe in a couple of years' time that are coming up? There's so much wisdom in a church about this sort of stuff and I haven't talked to many of you guys about parenting, but the reality is I'm going to have to do that at some point. This is a great community from which we can build wisdom and, um, and ideas. And when you talk to these people, ask them how they walk with God. Ask them how they walk with God on the days when the kids are all over the place and it's mad and it's just, you know, those days. Ask them how they do that because... I'll guarantee if you involve other people in your life, there's two things that will happen. Well, I can guarantee at least one of them anyway. The, you will find a brother or sister in Christ who will, um, who will encourage you, which is all of us what we need. The second one I can't guarantee is you might even find a babysitter. Right? <laughs> and we only need them, them too. Okay. Think about, though, who are those people in your life? Who, who is that family or that couple or that person you go to as a parent, when, you, when, you, when you're at the end of your road and go, I, I don't know what to do. And if you don't know who that is today, you don't have to be a parent either. 
If you're just, <laughs> just walking with God and you're, and you're finding life a bit of a struggle, who's that person who's walking alongside of you who you ask and pour out your heart to and say, where have I gone wrong? What have, what have I done wrong? Um, I, I don't want you to hear a word of judgment. Okay? There's so much collective wisdom in here. Let's, let's use it. But most of all, let's walk with God first and let him show us that stuff. Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about, and it's, uh, I think this is a reward. I think it's a reward. It's belief in. Just look at, uh, at, at verse 6 again. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that. This seems like a bit of a law sort of thing for me, so I'm just going to make it a little bit different. Must believe, A, that God exists, and B, that he sincerely rewards those who seek him. See, it's one thing to say, I believe that God exists. Okay? It's a, it's a whole other thing to believe that God actually rewards people who sincerely seek him, isn't it? it so, the, so the question I think, I think this, was, this is getting to is what sort of belief have you got? Have you got a belief that or a belief in? Um, see, 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 belief that God exists or that Jesus is the saviour, it only goes as far as your head. It might sound good, but it's actually hollow, and it doesn't actually change anything about our life, I don't think. I, I think it's, I think it's you, you can settle for the fact that God exists, but then you live like he just lives in a box over here, and we, just go, we go to him when we need him for something, right? We never experience forgiveness of sin. We never, and I suppose when, you know, when life brings challenges, we wonder why God doesn't care, okay? Which is why... God invites us to a faith and a trust that is so much deeper. Okay? He invites us to move past the belief that God exists to a belief in God. Okay? Because that's when you experience forgiveness of sin. That's when you find freedom from the things that are holding you back. That's when you find what Jesus brings to your life. That's when you find, it doesn't, doesn't just change your head. It changes your head. It changes your heart. It changes your hands. It changes your feet. It changes your wallet. It changes your priorities. It changes your family, your workplace, and every single aspect of your life. Okay? If you want a testimony to share... You can't do it on a belief that God exists because you've got nothing to talk about. If you want to, um, I suppose, be, a, you know, be a, a godly influence on your family, you need more than a, than a, than a belief that God exists because that isn't going to help you. Because a, a belief that God exists does not help you at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when you're tired and you haven't slept and you've got a screaming child in your arms and you don't know what to do when you're at the end of your, of your robe. A belief that God exists somewhere over there somewhere does not help you in the circumstances of life. Okay? 
a belief that God exists does not help you when your teenage son or daughter is late home from a party on a Saturday night. And I haven't got to those stages yet, so I'm just, just leaving you in my, in my peace and quiet for the time being, all right? Um, that belief that God exists doesn't help you when you find out if you find out your, your job's been made redundant or, or whatever the story is, okay? Belief that God exists is a bunch of hot air and it's worth nothing. I think that's what I'm trying to get to. You need a belief in. You need a belief in a God that you can go to and say, God, I've got nothing left and I don't know where to go and what to do and I need you to turn up and help. That's when you need a belief in. Okay? You need a God who will walk alongside of you in those moments and stuff of life. The, the, the tragedy today, I think, for many Christians, and maybe, maybe even many people in, in, our, in our society today as well, is that we are content to play with a box. Okay? One of my favourite authors is a guy by the name of Paul Tripp, and he, and he tells a story about... Um, he, he, he buys his, his son this amazing gift, you know, gets it in the box, wraps it up, gives it to his son. His son's like, woohoo, this is, this is amazing. He plays with his toy for about two minutes and he spends the next four or five days playing with the box, right? He, he spends the next four or five days building, building planes and trains out of the box and, and running around with a box on his head and all that sort of stuff, you know, d- down, the, down the driveway on the, in the box, all that sort of stuff. And even though he has this incredibly amazing, priceless present over here, he's happy to play with the box. And I think that's what this whole idea about belief that versus belief in is. I think, I think, it's, I think rather, than just, rather than settle for the belief that... Don't just settle this morning, church, for a belief that God exists because it doesn't help you. Don't just settle for that. I want to invite you today to put your belief in Jesus and trust that Jesus sincerely rewards those who seek him. Okay? That's the difference. Now, it's a bit hard not to get excited about this, so I'll just apologize in advance. See, here's what God did for you. God was not content to give you a nice NBN connection so you can talk to him about stuff whenever you feel like it. He wasn't content to give you a good little reference to like one of those little Hey Google things that sits in your kitchen and you go, Hey, hey, hey Google, give us some more advice on how to do this or how to, run, how to be a good parent, how to do stuff. Answer some more questions about, about how I live a successful life. To give me a reference tool that I, can, that I can go to. He wasn't willing just to give you a personal assistant, like a little R2-D2 that chases you around all over the house and cleans up after you. Well, that would be pretty cool. He, he wasn't content to do that. You know what God was content to do? He was content to give you his son. He was content to give you Jesus that as God enters our world in a human body and lives amongst us and understands our struggles and yet was without sin. So when you're feeling under siege, you know who you've got? 
You've got a God who said, I was surrounded by people yelling, crucify him. I know what it's like to live under siege. And I'm ready to help. If you're feeling betrayed by the people who are closest to you, people who have broken your heart, you know what you've got in Jesus? You've got a God who said, I was betrayed by the people closest to me and I will never leave you. I will never leave you. When you feel tempted to do the wrong stuff, Jesus says, you know what? I remember temptations and I can help you overcome them and beat them. If you feel weak and you've got nothing nothing left to give, You've got a God who said, yeah, I felt that way. And I'm here to tell you that he, with with, with Jesus' help, that's all you need. That's all you need. Church, I've got the greatest news that will change your world today. It's not Pantene bottles or Tim Tams, by the way. It is a God who promises to walk alongside his creation. And better than that, he promises that regardless of what you do or where you go or how you might feel or how bad the situation might get or whatever doubt or despair is in your head, he says this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's what he does. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you have never experienced that God today, I want to give you a chance to meet him. I want to give you a chance to meet him. Don't be just satisfied to know about God. Spend your life sincerely seeking him. It's a whole different kettle of fish. Spend your life living in his presence and see him turn up in the everyday stuff of life. Church, I'm sick and tired of going through the motions. I don't, I don't want to go to work this week and just go through the motions and, and just believe that it's all part of, part of a bigger story and it is all part of a bigger story. But I want that God who's walking with me to turn up in me every day. I've been, um, been wrestling with this, with this uh, verse in Psalms the whole week and I think it just fills up my sermon really, really well. So here it is. Psalm 73. I desire you more than anything else on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. That's what we've got. That's what we've got. Because in Jesus we have a God who came to share and transform every moment of every day of our lives. And we as humans love the illusion of control, don't we? I do. We love the illusion of control and everything can happen according to us. And it might feel good, but ultimately it is an illusion. It's an illusion. And what Jesus has said is that I came to share and transform every moment of your life. I came to change everything. I came to... To, to, um, I wonder how much of our life would actually be different if we knew who was walking with us, church. I wonder how much of our life would actually be different if we knew who the power and the strength and the glory 
of the God who walks with us. And we actually lived like he was there. I wonder how life would be different. I wonder how much of our life would be completely different if we went to to this God who walks with us and pled with him to step in and move. I dare you this week, when you're at work, wherever, wherever you are at home, I dare you, if you're a Christian, to sincerely seek him and ask him to step in and move. Ask, ask him to step in and do something and see what he will do. Church, we've got a living hope. We've got a living hope. We got something that nobody else in the world has got, haven't we? Let's pray. God, I, I get the sense this morning that so many people, probably even um, many amongst us, would, would be happy playing with a box, happy playing with, uh, with this idea of God rather than actually involving him in our lives. And God, I'm, I'm sorry for the times that I've done that. But I pray this morning that faith would not be a, a, just a, a journey of self-discovery, that it would be a, a journey of transformation. It would be a, a journey of change. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to move beyond belief that God exists and that we'd actually experience what it is to believe in Jesus. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus this morning, there's three things you need to do. Admit your need. Believe that Jesus is the solution, which he is. And commit your life to following him. Lord, I pray that you would not not make us a church who are content playing Christian, who are content playing with the box. We would actually unwrap it and see the glorious and wonderful and majestic present that you have given us in the person of Jesus Christ. And we'd actually walk with him. We'd actually walk alongside this God and watch him turn up in our lives. 